February 27, 2021. So watch for Pedro's show.
Great dude. Well, from Pedro Show. Happy Saturday, last Saturday of the month. Fuck, one more day of the month. Start off with John Coltrane with Kenny Garham doing Like Someone in Love. Our Scully after that with Night is Welcome. People of Brother Matt and Love Grotto, a couple miles south here on Pleasure Point, quite in quarantino mode, but I'm not totally man alone. You might have heard a voice. Uh, those Estonian software engineers with their incredible Skype invention. I got Brother Ryan Scully. Welcome aboard, Ryan. It's great to be here. Yeah. Now, you talking to me from New Orleans? Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, bitching. Can't wait to go play again. We're doing our best. Everybody's trying. I, I, I shouldn't have brought it up. Everybody's doing their best. I, I got to tell you, the first place I played was on St. Charles. It was called Jimmy's. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not there anymore. No, no. Um, we're, we're talking about early 80s. And it was yeah. a little bit sweaty. No air conditioning. Oh, yeah. That, that, was, a, <laughs> that there was a lot of good bands came through there. I think the only ones that did punk for a while. And then uh, 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 what's that place on Chupolis uh, with the Professor Longhair bust in the doorway? Tepatinas. Tepatinas. They would do Mondays. And then uh, the Tulane, the Catholic school, had a radio show called The Toolbox. And they were broadcast uh -huh. shows. Yeah, I was bitching. But enough about what. <laughs> Ryan, let's talk about your journey through music. Please bring your earliest music re recollection in your memory mind. Um, let's see. Uh, I listened to your show, so I, I, I kind of know some of these questions, and, I, and I'm pondering this, going like, okay. Um, I think, I don't think music really meant all that much to me until, um, I think it was my, you know, my brother, I think, I, I remember uh, a Go-Go's record um, that, and I don't forget what age that was, but I just remember um, him having that Go-Go's record uh and just thinking it was the coolest thing you know just the cover uh it was the one where they were all in the bathtub on the back i think yeah i don't know uh, the records too well but i gotta tell the listeners gogos was a band from uh in the hollywood punk scene and they, and they actually were people from the scene it wasn't a manufactured pop band i saw their first gig they did one song the big la times music guy was Robert Hilburn, and this song was just them yelling, fuck you, Robert Hilburn, a bunch of times. Nice. <laughs> and uh, the, the singer lady actually was the Germs' first drummer. Right, right. They got Belinda Carlisle later. No, that's the lady. Oh, she, that's her, okay. That's her. She's Valley, you know, she knew Lorna and those people. You know, we lost Lorna a couple of years ago, the bass, and she, she was great. Actually, there's a couple of people in that picture probably that weren't in the original band. Like the one of the ladies who started it or something. I know uh -huh. the drummer and the bass player got tossed and you know how those things go. They, they, they got back it. together. But back to your story. So your brother's yeah. got this record. Now yeah. now what how the house you grew up, you both grew up in. Where was that? Yeah, yeah that was in Warrensburg, Missouri, a town of about uh okay. fifteen thousand. Now was this and, house have musical instruments inside it? No. No. Um we my dad and they listened to music, uh, you know, a little bit. Uh, I remember really going nuts to uh, the Big Chill soundtrack, which I guess was big back, you know, when that movie came out, and it had that the Rascals song. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, I didn't oh, see that movie, so I don't know. But I remember Rascals. The yeah. Rascals song. Yeah, um, and I just remember running around. Um, well, their big hit was Good Love, and I remember that was it. That was it. That okay. was on the soundtrack. Okay. okay. Soundtrack. And, and we just would run around uh, 
just insanely running around to that song. We just play it over and over again. So I, I kind of remember that as being a big deal. And then and that was prior to, you know, the Go-Go's uh, thing. But uh, in terms of instruments, um, we didn't really have instruments around, um, which is kind of strange because my uh, my grandmother, well, my, my dad's dad, uh, died when he was 14, but he was a musician, uh, saxophonist, piano player, songwriter, and he knew Urban Berlin. And, uh, you know, my grandmother would say that, you know, when she met him, she met Urban Berlin at the same time during the war uh, in Italy because she was in the Red Cross. Uh, and she was in charge of entertainment and he was in charge of entertainment for the for the army. And so they met to plan, you know, an event. And so uh, he was with Urban Berlin, and, she, and so uh, story goes that uh, she said that that he wrote "Hostess with the Mostess" about her. <laughs> well, what what about school? Do, were you in the marching band or the choir, shit like that? No, well, I tried to be in the choir, uh, and then they pretty much kicked me out because I sucked so bad. And uh, I think I was just an annoying kid. I, I just remember not really trying to sing, but mostly trying to be loud. Like one of those kids. That's okay. Uh, like, yeah, like listen, like, you know, I want to make sure that I'm the one that's heard, but not really paying attention to the what I'm supposed to be doing. So, kind of got booted from that. Um, I was in, you know, kind of did theater more. Um, and well, 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 let me ask you. Yeah. How did you get to making music? Did you do any of it as a kid? I did not. I mean, I I, I did. My mom, uh, you know, made us all tried piano lessons and I remember having you know an elderly uh, female piano teacher and basically vowing to run away from home if I was you know made to go back to this so, so th there was a piano in the pad um later on there was yeah okay. later on there was and uh but th it was really because of my my dad's mom she really wanted us to play because my my aunt is is a concert violinist, my dad's sister, and she, you know she still teaches violin and stuff. And so, but it, the really, you know, my mom had four kids, and uh, my dad wasn't around all that much. And so, you know, when it came to piano lessons, I don't think it was like a a, a, prior, a, a big priority for her. You know, like it's something that she wanted us to learn. But then when we uh, rebelled against it she's like oh you know fuck this i'm just okay fine don't don't go to piano lessons can, can i ask you the what a big because you know we have these nightmare stories on my show about the piano lessons it yeah, seems yeah. it's like it's usually about the fucking teacher yeah it is and uh my my older son who's 12 now he's he takes piano lessons now from a young woman who's you know who, who he can relate with uh, you know, they talk about shit like, you know, what's pop culture shit. And, you know, she's like, how's your week going? All that stuff. And it's not all, you know, it's she's just relatable, you know. And so he doesn't mind the lessons so much. OK, OK. So yeah. it's making it more personable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she's like teaches him shit like, you know, the Star Wars theme and, and, you know, like songs that people know. And of course, he learns the other shit, too. But she does stuff to make him, you know like what he's doing uh you know whereas when i was taking lessons i just remember you know there was no groove to any of it it was just you know there wasn't anything that i could be like hey show my friends you know hey well, sure. look what i can do even though rock and roll starts on the piano not really the guitar that's, that, so that's right they do man i mean that's they need to like i think they should teach the a blues progression first Fuck you know yeah. this is how what one four five is you know right 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 or at least the rhythm like you were saying the rhythm the groove because yeah you know in the old days like you're talking the days of your the early 
Irvin Berlin, and that's uh, the piano was in the fucking rhythm section. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, the piano. Look, the piano is is essentially the songwriting instrument, and I mean, if you. you well, got, you I'm got, trying to change that with bass guitar, but look, did you do any <laughs> of the shit with uh, <laughs> anything? You know, Alabama sausage whistle, anything you can compose, all right. But did you do any of the shit like after school? I mean, while you're going to school, but in the yeah. afternoon, the, the basement band, the garage band, the bedroom band. Man, you know, it's it's an odd thing about how I came up. I was fanatically uh, drawn to music and underground music uh, to, you know, where it was me and one of my buddies. And, and you know, we were, you know, we'd go to uh, Fugazi shows in high school and, and you know, and, all, and, and travel to get music, you know, that nobody else in the school listened to. You know, I mean, that was our thing. But it just never occurred to me that I could pick up a fucking instrument and, and rock uh, until I was in college and somebody was like, hey, dude, you know, uh, uh, some one of my friends playing guitar in the dorm or whatever. And he's, and I'm, he's like, uh, you know, I got two guitars. You want to play this chord progression so I can practice solo? And I'm like, I don't know, I guess, you know. And so he gives it to me. He's like, this is a G chord. This is a C chord. This is a D chord. And I did it. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I'm playing guitar. This was a big sea change in your life. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it, it, then, like, the next day, I'm fucking writing songs. Wow. Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. I mean, it was that's like. Bitching. See, that's what thing. I try to tell people what the movement was really about, empowering people to get creative. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I think. Um, the move. What movement are you talking about? Well, the one I got drawn into. Uh, some people call punk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, well, yeah. I laugh about that because you know I helped the Stooges out for 125 months. They had the same shit going on in the 60s. We just didn't know about it because of the bum rush of fucking arena rock. Right? I want to play nappy wappy. Oh yes. <laughs> Put your work away 
it's best to sleep at least two times in a day If you're feeling weak And you need some sleep Just take a nap, be worthy
cycling should be fun, an adventure.
From Pedro Show, start uh, that chunk of music started with R. Scully, Nappy Wappy, then from Richard Hell the Voidoids, Don't Die from his Destiny Street. He re found the master tape to his second album, remixed and put a whole bunch of stuff with it. It's beautiful. Sent it to me. I love it. Barry Burkle Band after that, with, uh, I think part four of his uh, big symphony, 18 Netanya. Yeah, he's made this whole fucking piece on a leash. You know, the virtual instruments and that shit. Yeah, I want to hear any excuses from anybody about anything. All right. It's beautiful. Thank you, Brother Barry. Model home after that from the D.C. area with Cheek to the Matrix. Great fucking man. Uh, Obama's Prenum from the same area. Uh, th these cats, last 40 years, maybe recorded 30, uh, 3,000 songs, did five gigs. Okay, there's a big archive thing coming out soon of another buttload of trove. Uh, uh, Hands Rotten from Switzerland. You know, percussive loop, <laughs> the demo, I guess this was going to be realized as, I don't know, the symphony, maybe like Brother Bear. Uh, Nielsen from Barcelona with North Shore, no shortcut. And people realize that. On the truth, there are no shortcuts. You got to do the fucking footwork. Finally, Andre Williams and the New Orleans Hellhounds with Hear You Dance. I think Brother Steve McKay got scissored by Andre Williams. I think they're both borracho, but the boss... If you're going to get in a fight all borracho, yeah, don't do it with the boss. Because <laughs> he's going to end up, yeah, probably with the higher ground at the end of the struggle. So so back to uh, Ryan and your journey through music. So you you got a guitar. Now, you you borrowed your uh, dorm buddy's guitar, right? So you went and got your own? 
Yeah, I, I, I must have. Shit, I, I can't even really remember. I must have just gone right to the music store and bought whatever I could. Or, yeah, I, you know, I don't even recall. Uh, you know, I'm not, I never have been a gearhead. Uh, That's good. <laughs> no, yeah, too many people me. let that shit get in the way of fucking creating. Yeah, I think you might. I mean, I some people it's not about creating; it's just about the gear. But I'm, yeah, I'm that's just, what I'm saying. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, it's like some kind of fetish, right? You're just shit hoarding. <laughs> yeah, true. I, I never had the money to do that shit. Yeah, I just so, always, <laughs> right. give me, give me a. I mean, I, I have a, a nice acoustic guitar, but I bought a hundred dollar guitar for my kids, and they, you know, they couldn't play it because it's a steel. You know, I. I probably could put nylon strings on it, but they couldn't really play it. And now that's what I play. The hundred dollar guitar. It sounds better. I love it. Shows to go. You're right. So do you make a band? Yeah, I, I made a band in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, almost, you know, uh, there, you know, I just started writing songs. Is that where you went to school, Mizzlou? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mizzou. Yep. So okay. a lot of good shows there. At the Blue you know, the great, a great bass band comes from there. Uh, Daryl Jennifer from Bad Brains. Oh, yeah, he's from there. He's from Columbia, Missouri. I think he went to school there. I don't know where he's from. You know, he ended up in D.C., of course, but yeah. uh, I think yeah. he, he was telling me one time he's a bad bass man. Still got that oh, yeah. bright green one, too. So what was his first band called? We had a band, uh, and I had it with my little brother. He played bass. I played guitar. Um, it was called The Attack Family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me about the first Attack Family gig. Uh, let's see. My very first gig was just a, a, an open mic where we got heckled by a bunch of metal guys. But then uh, we started playing um, in this little dive called the Down Under Bar. It was a basement bar. And uh, we started playing there. The first gigs, I think, were pretty, you know, lame, I'd say. But we started getting pretty to the point where we were transcending. We were kicking ass for a while. But that, that um, first one, but it was, it was, it was the very the very first gig I ever did. No, no, I'm talking about the Attack Family because I'm, you know, when you're playing with your brother in front of people, that can be a kind of tense situation. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I probably just kind of don't even, I can't even really remember it, but well, I, they didn't I throw you off the stage, right? Uh, that one you did no, by they, yourself they, in no. front of the metal mm -hmm. guys, that one mm -hmm. they heckled you. And the one, yeah. how, how did how did you react to the heckling? Uh, we just kept going, man. We just kept going and kind of laughed it off. That, that's um, what the Minutemen did. You you can't believe the shit that was thrown at us. <laughs> Tons of sh I'm talking sack paper sacks of shit and puke. So they tear when they'd hit the stay. Uh, cups of piss. Uh, fucking used condoms I got hit with. Somebody did some work. Oh, uh, the worst was batteries because they fucking hurt. So I, I'm always interested, in, uh, you know, uh, uh, on how people react to that stuff. One time I threw the money back and I hit the wrong guy, so I never did that shit again. Uh, <laughs> not, you know, the Attack Family did they play their own uh, their own material or did you copy songs? We uh, did almost all originals. Oh did, yeah. We did cover, uh, I remember covering um, Sunshine Superman by um, Donovan. Donovan, right, right. Uh, we, we covered... Uh, you probably did it your own version, though, right? Well, yeah, we. Tr I mean, we tried to make it sound like that, but, you know, we. Uh, 
uh, we made it our own for sure. We we did Waiting for My Man by Velvet Underground. Sure, um, yeah. And it sounded nothing like the original because... But that's good, I think. If you're going to cover somebody, twist it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think so, too. Um, okay. But back then, though, even if we, you know, even if we wanted to sound like it, we were not. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, so how long does the Attack Family last? I guess I started it uh, maybe my sophomore, junior year. So just about two years, and then I and then I, I graduated, and I, I. Did you study music at college? You know, I took one class and I dropped it okay. because I'm like, this is way too complex. Yeah, I yeah. Can't. I don't so, get any of this shit. What do you do music-wise after college? Well, I, uh, I in in Missouri, I started studying. Uh, well, not I. I went to this. There was this folk guitarist in Columbia, Missouri, um, who worked out of a, a music shop. Uh, this old guy, I forget his name now, um, but I took lessons from him, like on uh, you know guitar picking, and uh, and you know he taught me country songs and Dylan songs and, um, you know, uh, Travis picking type thing, you know, playing the bass with your thumb. Flat picking, you know. uh, Doc Watson. Yeah, that kind of stuff. And so I kind of, I, I, I studied that for about a year and then I kind of moved into uh, listening to traditional jazz. And I started, you know, trying to learn traditional jazz guitar. And, uh, and then, you know, I met a buddy uh, in, in, in Missouri and uh, he was from New Orleans, and he he dropped out of college, moved back to New Orleans, and I, I was like, I'm gonna I want to move to New Orleans because I've been going there. I started going to visit him um, for Mardi Gras, and I'm like, I got I'm gonna fucking live here. And so, uh, and, and it was all you know, basically about music. I, I was, you know, I got a history degree, but it was uh, the the music bug would would not ever let me go. Still hasn't, you know. Um, so that's not a bad like, thing. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I've accepted it now, uh, you know, but I have struggled with it in the past. <laughs> we all do. Um, but uh, that's why I like your show, man, um, because, you know, you, I get to hear a lot of stuff that I wouldn't normally hear. Um, and a lot of musicians that, you know, you play don't normally get a lot of a lot of play, you know. I'm trying to um, fuck up this idea genre. I hate it. Yeah. Explain that. What what is it? Genre, like trying to group music. Music is oh, yeah. music to me. Yeah, yeah, you're. Yeah, I, I like listening to your show because it's it's fucking all over the place, man. And that's that's the what I like. So I like everything. All you know, as long as it's as long as it's got some gut, man. You know. Okay, so what what happens when you move to New Orleans? Do you make a band? I did. I, I did pretty much immediately, and it was. I, got, I had a couple of friends that ended up following me down. Um, from Missouri, and uh, and so we had the Attack family in New Orleans for about a year or two, and then uh, and then we started this band called Contradelic, um, where we were doing country songs, but kind of weirding them out a little bit. Um, and then shortly after that, I saw the Morning Forty Federation in uh, in the in the Ninth Ward. I had lived uptown for about a year or two, and then I discovered this neighborhood in, in New Orleans called, you know, the, the Bywater or the Ninth Ward, and there were these guys, and they were playing at this place called the Hi-Ho, and uh, they just blew my mind. 
um, you know, they just had this thing, you know, it's all about drinking 40s in the morning and they had these songs, Dumpster Juice and Mischievous and it's all about partying and, and they were very thematic and the songs were real bass heavy with, you know, these strong bass lines and, uh, and the vocals were kind of going counter to the bass and I'm like, this is fucking good shit, even though these guys don't know, they, they can't play with shit, um, but the, the sound, I'm like, this is special. And so I asked them, I said, hey, can I, can I just like shake a maraca with you all and sing backups? And they're like, yeah, man, I don't give a fuck. And so I, and I did that. And then after a while, I ended up joining that band. And, uh, and we spent, we've been together for over 20 years now. Oh, man, bitch. Yeah. There's nothing like that. It's kind of like another family, right? Oh, man, we are a, a total family, man. We've had our, our ups and downs together. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, you know, usually partying related, you know, but uh, so that but now we're in a, in a great space and uh, working on records. And um, so that, you know, that kind of led me then. But then I also did, you know, in between 40s records, I would also do a more Americana record um, because I've always been drawn, I think, from the beginning, probably from those lessons I took from that. Uh, hippie in uh, in Colombia. I, I just love I love the sound of of uh, folk country, you know, old old time country music, and I love the simplicity of it, but also the complexity within that. Uh, and so, you know, I I like the groove stuff with the '40s, but I also get really like the Americana stuff, and so I kind of go in between back and forth from one to the other yeah but that's okay that's what music's for man <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's I, look i gotta tell you right we're at the end of the first hour february okay. 27 2021 dish watt pedro show special guest ryan scully hold tight for hour two february 27 2021 second hour of the watt for pedro show sitting on a Wait, wait, wait. 
Try to sober her up with black coffee, but she would cry and cry and cry about a baby who died. I'd ask my mother, "What's she talking about?" My mother never knew. When she'd finally sober up, she would cook these fabulous meals—I mean, like just fabulous meals. But by the end of the day, she'd just be really drunk again, and my mother'd bring her back home. This one time when she went home, she found her husband in bed with another woman. She went in the kitchen and she got a knife and went back into the bedroom. She stabbed him.
Watch for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with Hear You Dance, Andrea Williams and New Orleans Hellhounds. After that, Sam Lockward from Iowa City with Ill Wind, the Skies Park. Andrea Pensado, Argentine lady, but she's up in New England now. On Innocence, crying for Kafka with She Stabbed Moses. Moist Boys with Garbage Man. I think that's one of the cats from Wing with uh, yeah. Brother Chuck Treese out of film. 40 Ways from Sunday, Be a Man. And finally, Meltdown from R. Scully and the Rough Seven. Who, who are the Rough Seven? Uh, the Rough Seven uh, came about, uh, I was saying earlier, I, I did a mo I do a Morning 40 record. And then I did this record with this band called the Charm City Brokers. And then we did a 40s record. And then I put together another band called Rough Seven, which was, uh, you know, more Americana. But then Rough Seven became much more than that, became a, a psychedelic uh freak out kind of band um but but rooted in in a in a, a folk tradition but then having having elements of it that would seriously freak out it had you know members rob cambry is a oh yeah uh, guitar man yes old, yep, old buddy of mine i met him at uh he was going to lsu in, in baton rouge is actually where i first met him that's him yeah he's in that band um this guy Stu odom who's also an avant musician and uh, Raddy Skurvix um, is also in it. Those three guys just on their own are, uh, you know, make their own, you know, avant freeform music. And so, you know, uh, them joining the band, they're, you know, it's kind of like, I'm not, you know, it's especially Rob Camber. He goes, um, because I had a, a guitarist before him and, and he had to, he was moving or, or something. And, and so we, we approached Rob and said, you know, hey Rob, you want to join this band? And he goes, man, I don't, I don't fucking know if I could do this, you know, because it's country, you know, and like, because he's just used to going, you know, and he, that's his thing. And I'm like, you could do it, dude. And and sure enough, man, he, uh, he, you know, he would, he got the licks, and he, you know, he he got the traditional shit down. But when it came time to really let loose, um, we could, and, and we're still together too. It's just a, you know, the our drummers in New York. But he'll be he'll be back. He's Cajun. He was raised in Eunice, Louisiana. He's coming back. But um, when we play, we have a tendency to, uh, you know, not play the songs the same every time. Right. Well, Rob, you know, puts on his own gigs, and he's totally avant-garde world. Oh yeah, the, the anxious sounds. Thing. Absolutely. Yeah, and so yeah, and that's that's why that band is is really a lot of fun. Well, uh, I think part play. of it too, Ryan, is you having an open mind and not. And also, you, you, even though Rob writes this avant-garde stuff, but he's still a little closed-minded. Oh, I don't know about that genre. That's not what music's for. It's to bust that shit down. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think he. He definitely wasn't saying I don't like that music. He no, no, saying, no, I mean, no. I can't do it. Yeah, he was. He was thinking. You know, this. I, I've never done that. Like he's basically, like I, I've never. You know, he's he's listening to country and, you know, because it is true that you know a country a real, uh, country guitarist. That you know you don't you don't become that overnight. You know that's there's there's a lot of complexity. You're talking and, like Jake Atkins. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, man. I mean, it's yeah, I know, I know. Or Roy you're, Clark. You're or playing, yeah. you're, you know, if you're playing country guitar correctly, you're not playing single notes. You know, when you're solo and you're doing, you know, Chet Atkins triads Chet. and and uh, you know, and a lot of different chords. Yeah, yeah. In, 
It, I mean, I can't do it. I, I can do, uh, you know, I can solo, but you know, I can't. Do Chet it. Atkins, Chet Atkins could do Dixie and Yankee Doodle at the same time. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's all about trying to make people feel emotions, laugh, cry. You know, rhythm, groove, indeed, word, indeed. And words too. Sometimes even all kind, all kinds of stuff. I want to play a Melania's Blues from you. Personally. Yeah. Let's talk politics, let's talk sports from the end boss to the end camel shorts. The power's out for the middle class. I can fix this shit. The press is trash. Burn the box. I got this. Trust your cut and your prejudice. Baby, baby, you won the toss. Don't wanna be your lover, wanna be your boss. I wanna be a fascist and rule all of the world. Yeah. 
Harmony to chaos, into harmony to chaos. 
people don't, uh, the new generations aren't so uh, fanatical about music like we were. I mean, somebody I was telling me the reason why music interest with the young people has gone down is video games. You think? I No, I didn't say that, but this is what yeah. was presented to I'm, me. And I will say this, you know, this big festival that used to go on in Austin called South by Southwest? Yeah. It did I'm change sure. from like a lot of bands to like half of it games. Video games. Uh, I mean, but I don't want to blame anything on anything because with most stuff human, it seems to go in cycles. So there's hills, there's valleys. Yeah. Only thing we can do is 
make sure the music we're doing is open enough so we don't end up repeating the mistakes of those people uh, building right. the Berlin Walls around. Yeah, okay. Let we me tell people, people all over that. Right, right, right. And it's probably the only thing we do have control. Of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let, let me tell the people what you heard. We heard Melania's Blues from you, our Scully. Glimpse mm -hmm. Trio after that, Just My Thoughts. Iokai with Iokoi, sorry about that, with uh, Bloody Life. Mika L L Levy with One Tear, or is it One Tear? Fucking English, it's hard to know, right? Uh, Pineapple Empress, you got to hear somebody speaking for it. With Family, Quiet Pig out of Italy with She's in Loath. That's strange. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy sings with no fucking Italian accent. I wonder if he's an expat, but in Loath? L-O-A-T-H? You stump what, brother? Fatello. Uh, Jimmy Cousins left town and Stonewall Jackson died by Morning 40 Federation. This is the band you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that band... You know, we do be, we, uh, I mean, out of the, the bands that I've been in, that band was the, that had the most success at, well, and, and continues to, we kind of pretty well known in New Orleans. And, uh, you know, we, you know, at one point, uh, we toured and we, we had this, uh, circus that toured with us, uh, you know, uh, and, uh, I don't know, we, we just, I guess we kind of, at one point, especially like right around Katrina, post-Katrina, uh, right before Katrina, around that time, um, you know, we sort of, it was, you know, we went through a period that that's sort of a blur because it was, uh, you know, we kind of went, had a little zeitgeist uh, where we were kicking ass um, and, um, and, you know, a lot of people coming to see us and got on a record label and had uh, the agency group as a booking agency and, and all that shit. Um, and, Steve uh, Cole was with them, my, my booker man, for th over 30 years. Oh, yeah? He left yeah. him, though, because some prick fucking uh, bought the company. Oh, and then, yeah, it turned so it upside down. So he said, fuck down. you. Yeah he, yeah, he went to Nashville and he... I, you know, still Steve Call, good guy. Got him right out of college. And, you know, when you find somebody good, you stick. Yeah. But, yeah. but well, they're assholes. Bye-bye. And that's what he did to those people. Yeah, well, we uh, it we lost that gig. We, we fucked it up, basically. Um, you know, I, it was – you, you got to understand, you know, as a uh, – the, the, the pitfalls of being a party band. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, at at a certain point. Uh, you know, everybody's fine now. But you know, I was I made a lot of mistakes. Um, you know, due to um, extracurriculars and being too. You know, I, it was it was sort of like put. You know, uh, playing music for the purpose of, of of partying rather than the other way around, or or I don't know. It was. You, you know, you, when you when you put that that thing as as the uh, you know this is our band and and this is what we promote is is partying. You know, it's it's hard to live up to that um, for an extended period of time, um, <laughs> especially without, health, without, health wise. <laughs> yeah, health wise and relationship wise. And, yeah, and right, right. So you know, uh, you know, due to a lot of probably my own behavior, uh, a lot of that, uh, you know. We we maybe maybe lost some opportunities, um, uh, but 
you know, you, you learn from that shit. And, yeah. uh, and, and uh, I'm here now and I'm feeling pretty good and I'm still friends with, with everybody. And, you know, so I guess it's just the way it was supposed to happen, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's trippy, but uh, to try and figure it out. But man, I hear some people, man, I never had one regret in my life. And I said, really? Are you thinking hard? Yeah, when I read that, I'm like, you sure that ain't airbrushed? You sure a little bit? Man. You know? <laughs> Look, Ryan, we're at the end of the second hour, February 27, 2021. Dish Watt, Peter, show special guest, Ryan Scully. Hold tight for hour three. February 27, 2021. It's the third hour of the Lot for Pedro show. Grandpa Punk. You won't ever give up. Grandpa Punk. Cause it comes from the gut.
On Halloween, we had a Halloween party. Bobbing for apples. They hung lanterns on the fence. They had pumpkins. Wax candles in the pumpkin's mouth. It was my son's party. Lawrence, six years old. All the neighborhood kids were there, and they were wild. Dogs and cats, cats meowing, and dogs barking. Kids came around dressed as witches, and guys came around with straw hats, smoking cigarettes. They took us on a bus. It was a picnic. There was music. Passed out lemonade and ice cream. Halloween party.
Waffer Pedro Show. Start off the third hour with R. Scully and the Charm City Brokers, Grandpa Pump. Then David Gerard and Gert D. Meister, a new utopia? That's a question mark. Network Glass with 3B. Uh, David Greenberger and Prime Lens after that with a Halloween party. And finally, Gas Money from R. Scully. Who are the Charm City Brokers? That was a band... Um... Shortly after I moved to New Orleans, uh, this is over uh, 20. Actually, that record, that song, Grandpa Punk, is probably about 20 years old now. Uh, but that was a band with uh, a couple of guys uh, who are no longer with us, uh, Paris Nesbitt, Michael Aaron. Uh, Paris was the other songwriter. Michael was a guitarist. Um, and uh, it, we, me and Paris would trade off songwriting, and it was this, you know, a, it was an early kind of uh, urban urban country band that I was in um, when I first moved here. Uh, really great stuff. It was cool going back and listening to it. You know, when I was kind of putting together the, the uh, song list for you. Yep. It's just great. You know, that is one of those great things about music. You know, when when I listen to those songs, I feel like I'm with with those guys. You know. They're not gone. They're they're still yeah. yeah. I mean they're they're right there, and I listen to this, you know their performances, and I'm like, man, I'm getting chills right now thinking about it because uh, I miss you know really miss them a lot, and uh, and but I can I can listen to the tunes and be like, you know, like they're right there with me. That's why recordings are important. You know, in our Minutemen days, we just thought they were flyers for gigs, but now yeah. you know without the, I. That's the only way I can hear D. Boo. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, that's it's a it's a cosmic thing, man. We're just like, wow. Uh, and it, it, you know, getting the opportunity to uh, to go back and you know, it's it, it, I, I don't you know, it's it's important to look. For the towards the, the present and the future, you know, um, uh, you know, because uh, you know, some people say I just don't, you know, don't think about the past too much. But it's a good exercise um, and healthy to, you know, as a musician to go and and listen to the stuff you've done in the past occasionally. I think to, so to con- too. I think to so connect too. You with with the people you played with and connect you with who you were at that time and and uh, you know that, that's why it was cool going through the stuff trying to pick songs for you, which uh, was not an easy uh, thing to do. I couldn't, I can't even remember which ones I picked at this point, but, uh, um, but it was, it was great to do that because sometimes I'm, I'm too focused on the present and the future. And, and it was good to go and, and look at, and uh, look at what I, you know, listen to my friends from the past. Well, you know, this last one, Gas Money, it says R. Scully. And this next one I play, going to play probably current because it's called COVID Sheets. And it's our... Yeah. Scully too. So I'm wondering, when is it R. Scully by himself? Well, I just I've done two records that are just R. Scully, um, and uh, one of them was Gas Money uh, was uh, 18 years ago or so, uh, a record I did, and that one uh, produced by Trina, Trina Schumacher. I don't know if you know her as a producer, but she uh, she recorded the. Uh, Cheryl Crow's Tuesday Night Music Club. So she's got some real cred and she's was awesome to work with. And so that that record really sticks out. And I think 
why you know that one was not a band band because at that point i had the songs and i'm like i'm just gonna get i just gonna find the best players i can to play with me and and the mistake in that was being like hey man can you do this for me i promise i won't ask you to play any gigs (laughs) (laughs) and then and then i make this kick-ass record and i don't have a fucking band Uh, so, but you know, the players were, uh, it, I mean, it's, it's a great fucking record. And then this last one, yeah, Art Kelly, uh, it's, that's just something I recorded, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, upstairs in my attic, uh, using, uh, garage band and logic and drum loops and, and basically, uh, as an exercise to try to, uh, go you know 100 diy and just be like okay i can't play with people right now um so i am going to learn this shit which i've been wanting to learn for fucking ever yeah well uh, it was a way of dealing with the situation Let, let's listen to COVID sheets
Breathe in, breathe on. Take a left at the Burger King and drive till dawn. At the end of the road, you'll find some dust. Drink from the cactus and sniff some rust. When you walk on to the door and you see your boss, take two steps to the right and do the floss. But don't think too hard on any of this.
clothes, don't you look like a mess? I would. The bags were packed, suitcases by the door. I reached in my pocket and I noticed with horror that my wallet was gone with my cards and ID. Oh, hell, I said, this is it for me.
ordered another and everything seemed so clear everything was in order north south west and east but the clouds with my family in a moment of peace but the clouds with my boys and my Watch for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Start off with our Scully doing COVID sheet. Uh, Ryan, I got to tell you, I've been really trying to get people that are on the show making music and put it over the air. You know, this divide that used to be in the old days, you had to go to the studio, you know, drive up to Hollywood and give somebody 1500 bucks for a day. No, I think musicians got to be learning how, because the uh, stuff's more econo enough now and easy enough, uh -huh. we can be recording ourselves. It, it, You know, dude, it's like you can't, you cannot, I cannot uh, uh, say it, emphasize it enough how, how uh, empowering it is to be able to record yourself. Um, it, because, you know, you just, it gives you so much time uh, where you, you know, you can go over and over something and, you know, and, and you just, you know, when you, you go in the studio and you throw down a bunch of money, wh whether it's 200 bucks for a day or whatever, you're still on the time limit. Um, and, and so your, your head might not be in the right space at that time, you know, um, and, and being able to have a studio uh, or a computer with some mics and a MIDI keyboard, you know, uh, you can whenever your your headspace is where it should be. And when, you know, you just can go do that and, and, it, and it flows out and you capture it, you know, which which I think is an essential part of creativity, you know, being because because recording is also an art form. Uh, you know, you, you write the song, you're not done. You know, I mean, you might feel like I wrote a kick ass song. I feel good. I created something that that, I, that I'm proud of. But the other part of that process is how are you going to you know record it? And I and I'm, I believe strongly that that the recording process should be seen as part of the art form and that artists and, and song and, and bands should empower themselves by recording themselves yeah can imagine the day when let's say there was only a couple dudes who knew how to write so everybody had to like dictate their books to them yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they yeah, take like, a little time to fucking you know learn the alphabet and some words and shit and, yeah you, you yeah know. like like the people that are writing down the you know the, the stories from the, absolute the, absolute Look, yeah. that, i should also tell them that we heard uh above the clouds you with the rough seven and also uh -huh. something from old Japan, this uh, Kamijiyama is the name of the tune in the group, was the Yakumo Goto Society, Nishiki no Miya. And I just thought, you know, because music is universal and it's been done a long time and it's got a long way to go and it's changing and developing. In uh -huh. fact, like what we're talking about, where music cats are actually learning, like you said, the song ain't done until it's realized. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. And Ryan, it's been a big honor to have you on the show. When you get something new, will you come back on? We can talk about it. You don't have to do, search for twenty-year-old stuff. Okay, I would. I would love to, Mike. Okay, and, uh, the, the honor is all mine, bro. Oh, beautiful, big love, people. It's been February twenty-seven, twenty twenty-one. Dishwalk Pedro. She'll keep your powder dry.